You're listening to the 49 Carats Podcast, a 49ers goldmine production with Angelina Martin and Stephanie Sanchez. Hello, everyone. Hello, world. Hello, listeners. It is episode 16 of the 49 Carats Podcast. I can't believe I say this every week, but yeah, 16, 16. kind of weird. I don't feel like we've done this 16 times. I know we're going to get to 20 and I'm going to be like, oh my God, 20. But (laughs) yeah, it feels like we've been doing this forever and also not very long. Um, As always, I am co-host one of two, Angelina Martin and my co-host, Stephanie Sanchez. How are you doing, Steph? I mean, I'm pretty good. Could be better. I mean, we could be talking about a a 3-1 team right now, but instead it's 2-2. You know, we'll get into it. It's all right. Yeah. um, This is our first podcast that we've recorded in the month of October. Uh, Steph very kindly pointed out that I'm giving very Halloween vibes this episode. (laughs) You know me, I'm a fall gal, but I had to shout out the NL West champions, the San Francisco Giants. Yes. They were one Bay Area team that actually won on Sunday. And unfortunately, we had to watch the 49ers lose, as Steph mentioned. Uh, it's never fun to lose to your division rivals. And that's exactly what happened on Sunday, out without a little drama, of course, as the 49ers always do. But before we get into that, we're going to talk about this week in 49ers history. Take it away, Steph. Well, first, in late September... If you guys all recall, because this was a very memorable quote here, Donald Trump called NFL players who protested by kneeling during the anthem sons of bitches. And in response, on October 1st, 2017, um, 49ers players and players just across the league protested during the anthem. So it was kind of nice to see, you know, all the players get together, no matter where they stood on, you know, this topic. I think they all kind of united to at least agree that they are not sons of bitches. I mean, come on, who says that? Yeah, I think um, one of the big takeaways from from that statement and from that moment that where we saw all these teams coming together and protesting is that, you know, these aren't athletes on the field these aren't sons of bitches they're americans you know and i think no matter where a lot of people stood or a lot of athletes stood um on either side of the issue i think they could all come together and say hey you know no matter what we're saying no matter what we're protesting we deserve to be treated with with dignity and respect especially from you know the office of the president and i don't usually write about national politics or national news for my job um, at the newspaper but i did write about that because you know, specifically, he was kind of calling Colin Kaepernick <laughs> an SOB. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, obviously with Colin being from Turlock, uh, anytime the president is is mentioning, you know, one of your, <laughs> your citizens, you got to write about it. So I specifically remember that that moment in history very well. Yeah, definitely very memorable. But uh, moving on to some 49ers news that um, came out before the game on Sunday. Maurice Hurst was activated from IR. I mean, we saw him play for the first time this season or in the regular season on Sunday, and I'm sure we'll get to that in a bit. Um, Elijah Mitchell, Josh Norman, and K1 Williams were out. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, coming into the game, it was nice to, you know, have Mosley back and, and he played really well, but it's, it started out slow. I know last week we talked a lot about, about 
I just said about twice. I don't know <laughs> what's going on with that. We talked a lot about how the offense needs to get off to a quick start. And honestly, you know, at the beginning of Sunday's game, it looked like they did get off to that fast start. And I had high hopes uh, after after they, they came out and scored early. So what were your thoughts on that fast start, Steph? I mean, yeah, it was it was great to see. I mean, they were, you know, rocking on all cylinders in the first quarter. Garoppolo uh, threw past passes to seven different receivers. That's pretty good. And that's something we see very often from Garoppolo. So, like, you know, if he's able to do that, you know that he's in some type of rhythm. Also, they had nine first downs and they scored a touchdown, you know, in that first drive. And then, you know, we kind of saw it teetering off a bit. I mean, they still had good drives, but then they they kind of didn't end in any points. Um, part of that, I mean, it was it was weird that um Robbie Gold was out with the groin. I feel like that just kind of I mean, I don't want to say it was a that big of a deal, but at the end, like it it did kind of <laughs> mess up the whole offensive flow and you know, kind of limits what you're able to do. We saw Wishnowski as good as he is a punter, not so good as uh, you know, kicking field goals and extra points. So yeah, I was wondering because obviously we know we're gonna get into it. They've addressed um that kicker position, but I was wondering, you know, if they had had a little more time to prepare to prepare for this and have Wishnowski take some some field field goal reps, um, some point after reps, I wonder if it would have turned out a little bit differently. But I'm not like I'm not a football kicker, not very good at kicking things myself. <laughs> so I don't know really how they relate as far as punting and kicking. I mean, obviously it's two very different um, movements and two different techniques, but I wonder how well they actually do cross over into each other and how often like punters do have to kick field goals. Like I know it's a thing in high school football, but in, in the NFL, you have these guys who are specifically designed to do one job. So I imagine it was kind of a tall order for him. Yeah, definitely. And like you said, it he didn't have much notice like, hey, you're going to be kicking field goals today. Like, you know, I, he wasn't prepared for it. And no, I, I mean, even if he had this whole week to practice as uh, a kicker, I'd still be a little concerned about that. So I'm, I'm right. glad they did address the position. <laughs> yeah. And then going back to that quick start, was that I'm having a mind blank here. Was that first touchdown to Dwelly? Yes. Okay. So with that touchdown, um, I just wanted to mention really, I think a cool stat, but if you're a fantasy football player, you don't think it's a cool stat. Uh, the 12 touchdowns of the season have been to 12 different players. What do you think about that? I mean, wow, I didn't even know that. Yeah. Yeah. So each touchdown this year so far has been it might go back to preseason. I'm not sure. I should have double checked. But, um, you know, the last 12 touchdowns have been to 12 different players. So to me, that's like, wow, look at all these offensive weapons we have. I mean, if you're yeah. if you're a stakeholder in one of the Niners receivers for fantasy football, it's not too good of a look if they're going to different guys every time. But I thought that was a really cool statistic and just shows, you know, the depth um, of, of the offensive weapons. Cause I think it's something that's kind of overlooked right now. Yeah, definitely. And, and I think, you know, I think we all know that they have nice weapons on offense and I think that's what makes some of this stalling out, 
uh, concerning or just frustrating a bit from like the fan perspective. Cause it's like, come on, you have, you have Debo, you got Kittle, you got all these offensive weapons and like, you should be scoring more. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. And I know drops were a huge thing in the preseason, but they really haven't had a problem with that so far this season. It's more, you know, quarterback missing the receivers, which you can't score as often if you're not hitting them. And that's something that we saw um, in that first drive was that, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo was hitting his open receivers. And when you do that, good things happen. <laughs> yeah. One huge uh, part of this that I want to point out is that the defense also came out like, you know, they, they performed really well. And especially in those first, like, I think five drives, defensive drives, they forced five, three and outs. Um, and that's just not something you see every day when you're talking about, you know, Russell Wilson and the Seahawks offense. So the fact that they were able to do that and the offense wasn't really able to capitalize on those opportunities was really disappointing. And I don't know. I mean, I'm not really sure who to blame. I know a lot of people are blaming Garoppolo. I know a lot of people are blaming Kyle Shanahan. There's probably a number of different reasons, right? But I just know they got to figure it out soon or, you know, this season is in trouble. Yeah, it's like I can't even imagine being on defense on this team and coming out and and doing that against your rival only to <laughs> enter halftime 7 to 7, you know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It, like Ryan said it was frustrating watching the drive stall. I can't imagine how the players on defense felt watching those drives stall. I mean, you're going out into this rivalry game, you're giving it your all, you play an incredible first half. Like I don't, I can't imagine how much gas you have to give to not only do that, but, but keep it going through the second half. And obviously we saw them fall behind a bit in the second half. And you know, that's, you can blame the defense, but in part it's on the offense, you know, for not taking advantage of those defensive stops early in the game, you know? So I, I can't eat. it would be really just demoralizing honestly um so I think they have a lot a lot to consider but that's just the first half let's get into <laughs> the second half because that's where all the excitement was right so we're entering um the second half seven to seven and all of a sudden Trey Lance is under center uh we have no idea what's going on we didn't see Jimmy get hit hard in the first half, really. So no. what was your thoughts when, you know, you came back from getting your snacks at halftime and you saw <laughs> Trey Lance under center? I mean, you know, you can't help but feel excited about Trey Lance, and that's no slight to Jimmy Garoppolo, right? But, like, when you spend so much on a first-round pick and, you know, there's so much hype around him, um, you know, you, you get a little excited, and especially when you see – the way that the offense was starting to stall out, you think, okay, okay, maybe, you know, we actually have a chance here. And it really did feel like Trey Lance had a chance to, you know, win this game for the 49ers. And really, I think it was until some sometime in, in the fourth, like early in the fourth, it kind of felt like the game had kind of slipped away. But up until then, like, I feel like Trey Lance, even with his shaky start, kept them in the game. And I think that was really encouraging. Yeah, I mean, to to see what the game was in the first half and then to end the second half, 28 to 21, you know, within one score of, of tying the game with your 21-year-old rookie 
at quarterback. I mean, I know that there was a lot to pick apart from his performance, which just reminding everyone that was his first ever full half of not only professional football at the NFL level, but really the first time he's played in over 360 days played a substantial amount of time. So, I mean, to bring them back from, from the seven to seven tie to a stagnant offense. I mean, I know there were a lot of plays that looked kind of broken. I know, like you said, he had a shaky start, but honestly, I had a hundred times more fun watching that offense in the second half with all of the mistakes and with all of the kind of, you know, parts that aren't quite sharpened yet from Trey Lance. I had a blast watching it. And I thought even without, you know, this supposed playbook that, you know, could be tailored to Trey Lance. I think even without those plays, it was still exciting to watch. What did you think? Yeah, I, I did want to bring that up. I mean, cause uh, Shanahan did say that the game plan was not built for Trey Lance. And I think that was part of the reason that during the off season, so many people were kind of uh, thinking or hoping that the, t- the team would move off of Garoppolo and bring in a veteran that was more similar to Lance's playing style, because then you can have a game plan that works for both of them. In this case, they're so vastly different and have different strengths that, as we saw, like Trey Lance had to go out there and, you know, play under Garoppolo's game plan, which, you know, as we saw, was not tailored to him. And I mean, it was, it was pretty obvious. And again, like he's, he's a rookie. So Having, I think, this full week of practice coming up and um, just having, you know, the offense tailored to him will be very beneficial to him. Yeah, if he starts, which I know we'll (laughs) we'll talk about. It's kind of up in the air right now. And a lot of 49er fans are divided. Um, We say this every week. 49er fans are always divided. But, I mean, this, this moment was the the catapulting moment that a lot of the fan base has been waiting for you know there have been so many people who you know despite the what we saw you know I wouldn't say that Trey Lance is ready to be an NFL starter I think you know he he can get there I think he needs the reps I think what we've seen from him so far is great but people just wanted to see what he could do and you know, I know there were a lot of bad throws, but I think there was more good than bad. Um, we saw how the run game opened up as soon as he came in, mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know, not only from him running, but from, you know, making making the defense adjust and giving the other running backs a chance, a chance to find holes. And then, you know, there were some bright spots. The touchdown pass to Debo Samuel, it wasn't perfect. Like you and I could sit here and know that if Jimmy Garoppolo threw that, we'd be like, that wasn't the greatest pass. I mean, Debo <laughs> literally had to stop and and basket catch it and then take off. But luckily for us, Debo is hella fast. And so that worked open. out. And he was wide open. <laughs> exactly. <helps. laughs> so it all worked out. But, you know, the pieces are there. And I think just the more, the more first team reps that Trey Lance gets and the more experience he gets, it can only be a good thing. Um, and I think – I think we have two quarterbacks that are capable of coming in and missing passes, but you have to look at what the upsides are. And I think the upside with Trey Lance is, is a lot higher than what it currently is with Jimmy Garoppolo. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. And, and one thing I want to point out, so a couple people, um, 
tweeted out some of the stats from each quarterback because they they each played a half basically and they both had 24 dropbacks against the same team which is cool against the same team so (laughs) it, it gives you a good idea and keep in mind also trey lance for much of his time did not have trent williams out there like yeah, that's true. Shortly after Lance came in, which was a bummer. And we'll talk about that update in a bit. And also, like we said, he didn't even have the, this wasn't his game plan. We talk about how like during the week, most of these reps are going to Garoppolo, right? And Lance is playing on the scout team. So, or practicing on the scout team. Turnover worthy plays and, and shout out to better rivals for tweeting this out. Um, turnover worthy plays. Lance had one. Grapple had two. Lance got pressured more. Part of that was, you know, the fact that he does hold the ball a little bit longer. And I think also, you know, Trey Lance didn't have Trent Williams. So I think that exactly that. I immediately thought of that when he went down. I was like, well, this sucks that Trent Williams isn't in there for him, you know? Yeah. I mean, you would have, yeah, you would have liked to see that. Luckily, or hopefully, we'll see that in the next game. Um, Grant also posted a few uh, stats as well. So Garoppolo had 37 plays, 219 yards, 5.9 yards per play, one touchdown, one interception. Trey Lance, 35 plays. So again, pretty even, 238 yards, 6.8 yards per play, two touchdowns, no turnovers. And you know, add in his, his rushing stats in there. And I mean, it's a, it's a whole football player we have. <laughs> yeah. And and you were saying like, just having Lance in there opens up the running game as well. So he also posted yards per carry with Garoppolo in the game, 4.7 with Lance in the game, 5.1. So, yeah. And one of my, one really, you know, telling stat and stats that I have trouble with is, Jimmy, Jimmy threw an interception that game. Um, and I know Trey Lance threw a lot and I know he missed big, but he didn't throw any interceptions. And I mean, when you're only scoring seven points, when, when you're Jimmy Garoppolo and you're in the first half and you're only scoring seven points, you can't afford those turnovers because I'll luckily they didn't because the defense was on their a game, but a team like the Seahawks, if you give them a turnover, their offense is capable of taking advantage of that and usually scoring on the next drive. So they got lucky there, but the turnovers are definitely an issue. And I mean, you saw the final stats of the game, the 49ers led in almost every offensive category. Yes. Except turnovers. I wanted to to point that out really quick too. So someone tweeted like the full stats of the game and really quickly, I'll pull it up. And for like our audio listeners, I'll, I'll try to, um, I guess, describe what's on the screen, but pretty much total yards. I mean, basically what Ange said, like the 49ers led in every like offensive category, um, I think, except for the turnover department. (laughs) And I mean, that's going to hurt you in the end. Also, like one thing we'll talk about (laughs) in a bit as well is um, the penalties, like, yeah. And how much that really contributed to this loss as well. Don't the I believe they said this during the broadcast that the 49ers secondary has the most penalties out of all the NFL secondaries. Is that do you remember them saying that? 
Wow. No, I, I don't remember, but if it wasn't the most, they're me. up there. I don't remember. Yeah. Um, I should take better notes during the broadcast, but I was like, yeah. And I mean, yeah, the, the defensive penalties hurt really bad. PI yeah. calls hurt really bad. You know, I know it's most of the time you're deciding between a PI and a completion for the other team, but you know, no one wants an automatic first down. So I'm going to share one more thing. Um, this one from Jordan Ellie. I feel like we we share okay. something that Jordan tweets like weekly at this point. This is um, this is what they said on the broadcast. I was wrong. Okay, uh, this is the stat. Yeah. Okay, so for audio listeners, uh, Jordan's tweet says the 49ers have been called for a league leading eight defensive pass interfer- interference penalties this season. Over the last two games, the 49ers have given up four automatic first downs on DPI calls that have gone for yardage gains of 25, 32, 24, 23. All were on it, third down. Oh, that's so bad. And shockingly, they've lost the last two games. Shocker, yeah. <laughs> I, it makes you wonder if those are correlated somehow, you know? Yeah, so you compound, all, you add all these things together, you you add in the the turnovers, the the PIs, uh, your kicker being out. I mean, last week it was a whole new jumble of things, but all of these things, you know, it's just all of these little things that chip away at, at the granite until it crumbles and you lose. So it sucks when your kicker's out and you can't, you can't make up for that deficit with your play. Yeah. And we haven't even talked about the Trent Trenton cannon fumble as well. oh yeah he had a we, he had a pretty rough game on special teams one it After was a great one, punt return last week yeah i know which you know put them in position to score i don't think they would have scored well i didn't feel too great about them scoring had it not <laughs> been for his punt return but yeah this game just you know kind of the complete opposite and he had that he fumbled twice on the same play, which is, you know, bravo, because that's hard to do. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> it's like Trent if you cannon. If you fumble once and you by luck are able to corral it again, just get down. Stay down, you know? Uh, yeah. But I will say this. Uh, you know, he had the fumble. Trenton Cannon had that fumble, led to another Seahawks touchdown. Uh, but after that touchdown, you know, he's right back out there ready to return a kick. And that just goes to show, you know, these NFL players, they have to shake it off so fast. And I mean, I'm pretty sure he didn't, I'm not pretty sure he didn't fumble on the next kick return. So, you know, shout out to him for, (laughs) for overcoming that fumble and having to go right back out on the field because, you know, I mean, at least me, I was thinking, oh, my God, I hope he doesn't fumble again. Like, that would be tragic. And, you know, he's probably thinking the same exact thing. Like, don't fumble again. Don't fumble again. Don't fumble again. So, shout out NFL players. Well, you know why we're conditioned to be worried about punt returns? No, don't. Don't bring it up. (laughs) And, yeah, I didn't even have to say the name and you know. We've moved on. Scott Williams. Thank you. You know what? If anything, San Francisco 49ers legend. (laughs) Infamous. Yeah. Yeah. If anything. Uh, So after that fumble and after the touchdown, it was 21 to seven. And, you know, we're like, GG's, good game. It was fun. Now let's just, let's just watch Lance do whatever he can do. And by that point, you know, 
uh, five minutes left in the third quarter or so, however much was left, I was like, what we've seen so far isn't that great. But he pulled it together. He connected with Debo Samuel for that touchdown that we were talking about, uh, put them within two scores. I'm not good at math. One score. Put them within yeah. one score because it was 21 to 13 after. Isn't that two missed. technically? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they missed the kick. Well, actually no. Cause they, you, they could have done a two point conversion. Right. <laughs> That's something to no. talk about later. Yeah. It was 21-13 um, after the Debo touchdown. Yeah. And we know it ended up being um, 28 to 21. That was the, the final score. How about going for the kick on that second touchdown, going for the point after oh, what do you I think? That was stupid. Oh, yeah, especially after the, not gonna the, lie next the next touchdown, the two-point conversion was flawlessly executed. So it's like, what? There's a couple things that I want to talk about, and I guess like we, it'll probably segue us into the Twitter tizzy, right? But yeah, so that decision to go for the kick when you don't have a kicker kicking like it's your it's your punter for christ's sakes maybe i mean you think he's a well he's a fourth round punter so he must be the exception no (laughs) they could have i think they could have definitely gone for it also there was that i think it was fourth and two where they had debo i think it was a sweep i mean they had debo run to that side pretty much everyone was on that side it was on the shorter end of the field um it it seemed very predictable do you know do you remember which one i'm talking about i feel like yes but i'm gonna say no because i'm not 100 sure <laughs> like if you're gonna go for it on fourth and two you better be like more creative than that yeah it just seems like like we're not seeing what we're used to seeing. And I don't know if that's because the offense is limited with different players. To me, I don't feel like the offense is, is any more limited than it's been in the past. So it's really, really confusing. Um, And they also attempted to kick a field goal earlier in the game, which. Exactly. And I mean, if you get it, but I don't. Yeah. I mean, if you're in position to, uh, kick a field goal you're that's a great position to go for it I mean in my I think oh man I could be wrong on this but I think it was like a fourth and sixth if I'm, I think it was fourth and eight eight okay it was fourth and long so like I will say it. fourth and seven <laughs> the <middle>. compromise compromise <laughs> um but so it, from that standpoint I get it if but if gold was out there I would get it even more, right? Right, right, exactly. So, (laughs) should we get into the Twitter tizzy? Let's do it. Let's do it. Why not? So if you haven't been on Twitter.com following the loss on Sunday, first of all, don't blame you. It's a hellhole. It's a hellscape. I want out. A lot of people are talking about our dearly beloved Kyle Shanahan and whether or not he should be fired. That is what the conversation on Twitter is. We have people calling for Kyle Shanahan's head after the 49ers fell to a two and two record week four. <laughs> what are we doing? I get the criticism. 
I understand questioning so much of what has happened since hell I'll go all the way back to April you know um Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot we could talk about in terms of how this team is being led right now and if it's the the correct way to be leading this team but Steph do you think that Kyle Shanahan should be fired after this season or I don't know maybe people are even thinking fire him now like honestly I don't even know what's going on absolutely not absolutely not and like you hit the nail on the head like yes like a lot of the criticism that you know fans have been giving him it's it's fair right like I think to some degree like it's deserved but does that mean he should be fired like no that's just ridiculous to suggest this team before Shanahan was like one of the worst teams in the NFL. We we went through Chip Kelly and and Jim Tom Sula. Like, come on now. Do you, do you guys really, like, come on. We were so lucky, in my opinion, to get Kyle Shanahan. I was, you know, as a fan, I was super excited about it. I do think at this point, I mean, he's a better offensive play caller than he is head coach. Right. Is, I mean, is that fair? Is that that's not hard? I is it? I think that's a fair criticism. I'm not going to say if I agree with it either way, but I mean, we can just look at some of the ways that like, you know, different players have been handled, different coaching decisions have been handled. We've already had plenty of qualms just through four weeks. But mm-hmm. my whole thing is, yes, Kyle Shanahan has a losing record as the 49ers head coach, but We've been singing his praises since he got here, basically. And the number one thing that people have said is when Kyle Shanahan gets a quarterback that can open up his playbook, he's going to be unstoppable. We haven't even got there yet. We're yeah. just now like opening that that novel, that that book, that fairy tale, hell, let's call it at this point. Uh, we all want to see the happy ending. And, you know, granted, I think there's been some some fumbling of this situation that dates back to training camp. I think that Trey Lance should have been getting first-team reps. I think we should have had a backup quarterback that's prepared to take over the starting role. Not 100% sure if we have that in Trey Lance right now, but that's no fault of his. That's because he hasn't been, giving, been given the chance to develop as a starting quarterback. So why are we – I mean, I understand, I understand the frustration. I understand – that we're in the situation right now with an injured starting quarterback and a, a rookie backup quarterback that is might be in over his head because of Kyle Shanahan. But let's not close the book and give up on it yet. I mean, come on guys, like let's let Trey Lance develop. Let's see what the future holds for Kyle Shanahan and his handpicked draft selection. I think everyone wants things to happen like this and it's not happening like this. And so people are understandably frustrated and, but that's just part of being a football fan. I mean, how many fans are as lucky to have a team like this to root for and, and a coach like this to root for. I mean, we could have urban Meyer as our head coach, Kyle Shanahan could be out there grinding on chicks at the bar after did they lose the, the Jags lose. They lost, right? Yeah. They're own four. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
at least Kyle wasn't out at the bar ditching his family to go grind on some chicks. You know, it could be worse. I need like worse. people need to realize it could always be worse. And we've been through the worse. We've been through exactly. that, that worse. So why are we trying to go back? I mean, I think people are just getting a little ahead of themselves. Again, the criticism 100% warranted. I I think with better planning starting months and months ago, this team could be much better than two and two, but I don't think it's time to pull the fire alarm yet. Yeah, I agree. Let's take it week by week. I mean, I shouldn't expect much coming from the fan base that cheered, you know, we want car when Alex Smith <laughs> was doing bad and, you know, where's, where's car now, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was, and admittedly I was one of those fans that was like, you know, over it, but that was a long time ago. I I'm a different person now. So <laughs> yeah, I know 100, 110%. I feel like I was going to, Oh, I mean last week, I th- it was either last week or the week before where we talked about if Kyle Shanahan should be in the hot seat. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's a difference between someone being in the hot seat and you questioning some of their decisions as opposed yep. to, you know, calling for their head. And I think I don't want people to get confused. Like, well, you were just saying, you know, in your last episode that we should be questioning him. Yeah, dude, everyone should be questioned all the time. Every single person on this earth should always be questioned. And the only way that you're not going to be questioned is if your team is going out and scoring 50 points a game and you're 4-0. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like Cliff. All right, Kingsbury. <laughs> Which is funny yeah. because Cliff Kingsbury. We've been we've been talking so much shit about him oh and look God. at him for no. Yeah. Well, um, we'll, we'll get into that because <laughs> we all know what's coming, and we saw the Cardinals Rams game was terrifying. But let's go in. We just felt like I just got this negative vibe talking about the Twitter tizzy. Like, let's move into some positives. What are the silver linings from that loss to the Seattle Seahawks? That sounds funny to say, finding silver linings from a Seahawks loss, but let's do it. You know, okay, it seemed very bad and frustrating because, like, when you think about the team losing two in a row, it's like it does feel like the sky is falling. But you know how me and Ange do, like, after – feeling so you know all our emotions are like at the surface you know once the game ends but you know after a day or so I watched the game over and I was like you know what like it wasn't that bad like could be worse it could be and like I don't know I don't want to sound like a homer but like they really could have won this game and like sure yeah we can say that about a lot of games right I mean, if you if you just point at all the things that went wrong, but like could have won that. They could have won that. Could have won the Super Bowl. Hell. <laughs> but like just considering the circumstances, I mean, like Jimmy Garoppolo getting hurt, Trey Lance, the backup who the game plan wasn't even made for going in and having to play against a division rival. Because um, why should you plan for your starting quarterback to get hurt? <laughs> Who who was always hurt? Like why? Sorry, would you Kyle. Do that? Why would you do that? Right, but um, still on the hot seat, fool. Okay. No, like even even Trey Lance, like he he could have like won this game, and I think that's really encouraging. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not ready to panic. I mean, I think some of 
some of our concerns, remember in our last episode, we talked about some of our concerns and overreactions. I think one of our concerns was the cornerback depth, right? Yeah. We were terrified for this game. Personally, I thought DK Metcalf was going to have game of his life. (laughs) Yeah, we were were (laughs) really so afraid. And so one silver lining was Emmanuel Mosley. And just all together as a whole, I think even Drake Kirkpatrick did not play badly himself either, you know? Yeah. Um, And so that, and that's why I'm not ready to panic because I feel like some of our concerns from the previous loss have been subdued a little bit. And, And also like the slow start, we talked about that. They, they started fast. They couldn't, you know, (laughs) I mean, that is improvement. I don't know. They, it is, you'd like to see some more scores, but I don't know. What, what do you think? What what are some silver lines for you? Yeah. uh, I think you, you hit the nail on the head. Like that game ended up, ended up being really interesting at the end. I mean, when, when you're doing an onside kick, at the end of the game, things are usually pretty interesting. So, you know, Trey Lance was able, despite all of his shortcomings, despite, you know, I'm sure he was like crapping his pants when he went in. I mean, I, <laughs> I would be not to say that, that he's not a professional way more than, than myself, but you know, all those things considered all of the hype around, when is he going to start? When is he going to play there were so the expectations for him were so high by so many so low for so many that I think for him to come out, make it a 28 to 21 ball game, like hats off to him, you know, it could have been so much worse. So I think that's like you said, one definite silver lining. Uh, Mosley was just kicking ass all game. It felt like the cameras were on him uh, for a lot of the game, him hopping up after breaking up a pass, you know, hyped up. So that was amazing to see because again, like you said, another area of concern that, you know, turned out this week, it's like, Oh, maybe not. Um, Debo Samuel just continues to kill it. I mean, I made the team right now. I made a joke that there's no wide receiver one, two or three. It's just wide receivers, but we all know that Debo Samuel is wide receiver one and he owns this offense. He is. Yeah. And I, I, honestly, I wasn't expecting this much from him this season like he's and I know he's very talented like I'm not saying he isn't but he has completely blown me away and like he has 490 receiving yards a season second most through four games in 49ers history behind only Jerry Rice that's good company. 522 yeah pretty good company to be in so you know a lot of a lot of bright spots um a lot of silver yeah. linings despite the loss and I know Ryan Johnson commented the cornerbacks played okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, first half it was lights out. We'll say that much. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> yeah, and um, something else we we talked about was how we saw that run game open up as soon as Trey Lance came in. I'm excited to see more of that. I hope we get to see more of that. Like I said, I was so entertained watching that second half. The most entertained I've been by this offense in years, despite you know, all the things that (laughs) didn't quite look as fine tuned as we're used to. But as we said, you know, that was expected. The, the game plan wasn't for Trey Lance to, to play in that game. So 
Could have been worse, Steph. Yeah. Could have been worse. Could have been worse. I think there are brighter days ahead. I'll just yes. I'll leave it at that. And also, we knew from the start these three games were going to be hell. Like the gauntlet. These, it, it was probably the toughest three game stretch you can find on the schedule. Right? Am I yeah. wrong? I mean, I'm trying no, to. No, like... yeah. And to be within, you know, one score yeah. in these past two games. Uh, could, oh, I thought you were going to do a slow it could clap. be worse. Oh, yes. We'll give him a <laughs> Maybe a golf clap. Okay, yeah. Like, it's fair. But yeah. yeah, okay. So they're they're two and two. I mean again, like I, I said last episode, 17 game season now. I mean, if I think if they lose this next one, we may have to start talking about, you know, this season, you know, being a waste, <laughs> maybe, but yeah, you know, we're not there yet. We're not there yet, fortunately. <laughs> Uh, so news after the game, everyone was super concerned. Okay, there was like so much going on with the Trent Williams saga during Sunday's game. Like, first I saw on Twitter, you know, all the the, the beat reporters stating that he had been carted off the field, and we're like, what? No! Oh my God! There goes the season. Yeah. Uh, don't worry, it's just cramps. Woo! We all breathe a sigh of relief. Literally, like, I've, been yeah. I've been there. Later, yeah. Been there. That's like, yeah, exactly. Oh, dude, when you're like in the morning and you like stretch and like you just get the cramp has that ever happened to you no oh my god lucky i know someone <laughs> watching knows what i'm talking about i swear it's real um i mostly just get menstrual cramps though that's what you exactly get. that's why i was like I, yeah. I know what that feels like i mean you i've been there listen to a podcast hosted by women we're gonna talk about our period <laughs> And but how anyway, that relates to football players. To football, somehow. yes. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure our cramps are way worse, I'm just saying. But then yeah, so he's like dealing with cramps. We're happy it's I don't know, you hear carted off and you're like, oh my God. But then five right. seconds later, he's being escorted out, you know, with trainers like holding his shoulder. And so, oh my God. I mean, shoulder, we've talked about this before. That is not a good injury for a lineman who's, you know, up here a lot. Yep. Uh, but the the good news after the game was that it's not like quite as serious injury and he's expected to play on Sunday. Is that correct? Yeah, I think they said he's day to day. And yes, <laughs> yeah. they are hopeful he could play. Cool. That is huge. And yeah, that is I mean, yeah, it's it's rare for there to be one player when they go out and you're like, oh, there goes the season, but Trent Williams is that guy. So yeah. that's very good news. And then gold. Our beloved kicker, he is he's gonna miss a while. He's gonna miss a few weeks with that groin injury. Um, so that's bad news. I know they addressed that by kicking kicking, but <laughs> please don't kick him by signing kicker Joey Slyle. Am I saying that right? I think so. That's kind oh, of a so cool last name. Like Slyle. Sly Slyle. Yeah, um, so they placed gold on the IR. They signed Joey. He's good looking. He looks like, I will say he looked that like much. your type. So I was he like, looks I like gotta... my type. I don't want to <laughs> reduce these players down to their looks. We're better than that on this podcast, but I got to say it how it is. You all would do the same. Um, Elijah Mitchell, he is shedding the blue no contact jersey this week. What a time to be alive. <laughs> 
we only got to see a little bit of him yeah we've only got to see a little bit of him so i'm excited for him to come back um i mean if trey if trey lance starts this week and we have mitchell sermon and trey lance under center you know that's going to be a deadly backfield yep i I agree i mean i i would hope that kyle shanahan is creative lately i've been feeling like he's a little conservative and like safe but i i hope he mixes in some like interesting looks on uh, in this game yeah yeah um and trey sermon looked great on sunday i'll say that much yes i thoroughly I contradicted myself. I said I wasn't that excited to watch the offense in the first half, but I was excited to watch him run the ball. I thought he looked, I think he's improving um, yeah. every week. So good to see. Good to see. Uh, Jordan Matthews is back on the practice squad, and the 49ers also added former Stanford wide receiver Connor Whittington. <laughs> Whittington, yeah. Funny, funny last name. I should stop hating on people's last name. Uh, <laughs> and linebacker Tyrell Adams. And RIP to carry on my wayward son, Johnson, and Chris Thompson, who were cut from the practice squad to to make room for all these adjustments. Any of those moves excite you? I know we talked a little about, bit about our new kicker, yeah. but... I, I like Dwennington, actually. Um, he does have some uh, kick returning ability. So, Trenton Cannon... Your days are numbered. Watch out. <laughs> don't fumble I don't again. I don't know, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 not bad to have some, you know, insurance in that department. Yeah, yeah. So as all of our listener, listeners know, we have to address BS. If we see BS, we have to address BS from fans. If we see BS from fans, and that's what led us to create the cap or no cap segment. So... Steph, today we are asking cap or no cap. Jimmy came out of the game with a calf injury, and a lot of us said, oh, my God, here we go again. Um, And I think a lot of us after the game, the way they made it sound in the post-game presser was that it was like some kind of devastating injury where he'd be out at least a couple, not devastating, but he was going to be out. You know, we were going to have to deal with it. Freelance was going to have to start. Um, Well, now – his calf contusion, which, if you don't know, that's a bruise, is day-to-day, and he has a chance to play on Sunday. So this, this is like kind of half cap or no cap, half Twitter tizzy, because a lot of people started speculating, like, was this just an excuse to put him on the bench um, and see what Trey Lance could do, you know, without all the uproar? So we're asking cap or no cap, is this calf injury for real? And you have to answer um, first. <laughs> oh, I got to answer. Okay. Um, I'll be honest. I didn't see the play in which he got hurt. And I don't even think the broadcast caught it. Yeah. Like, because usually, you know, they'll once they find out about an injury, they try to look back and see, like, where it happened. And, I, you know, they they never did that in this game. So, it, you know, I'm not sure when it happened. But I, I say no cap. I think I think he did actually hurt his calf. I mean, we we've seen or we've heard Kyle Shanahan's comments based on um or about uh Jimmy's injury and just like just about Jimmy in general. Like like Kyle Shanahan loves Garoppolo. 
which yeah i mean at least in his comments that's what he makes it seem like like he really likes this guy and he will start him if he's available so like why why you know why would he not want to yeah i think week four tie ball game would be a weird moment to suddenly decide to pull jimmy garoppolo if you hadn't done that um the previous let's say two weeks because i don't think the week one win was that terrible i know week two a lot of people were calling for jimmy's head um i mean week three we saw that so i i'm gonna say no cap as well um jimmy garoppolo is injury prone we know this Mm -hmm. he's he's fragile uh i know grant cone tweeted his injury history jimmy garoppolo's career as a starter 2016 he was injured in his second start 2017 of course we know he was able to start five games uh, with no injury 2018 after signing that huge contract he was injured in his third start 2019 19 he was healthy the entire season led to a super bowl berth 2020 he was injured in his second start 2021 and injured in fourth start so this isn't a guy that's like iron man out there you know um and some players are more injury prone than others some some people react to injuries differently you know something that puts someone on the sideline could just be like a little i don't know stub toe for someone else so i'm gonna say no cap I mean, to me, if you're gonna if you're gonna do this, you're gonna do it. I think Kyle Shanahan is, if he's gonna make this decision to pull Jimmy G and start or put Trey Lance in the second half of the game, I think he'll own it. Um, that's just my opinion. I know there's a lot to be said about Kyle Shanahan's ego that a lot of people feel he never wants to be wrong. So I know that's probably what you know, starts a lot of that speculation about this injury being a facade, but I'm going to say no cap. And, and I don't know, it just feel, it would feel dirty to say cap. I feel. Yeah. I mean, what would that be based off of? It's, it's clear. It would clearly just be speculation. And I guess that's all we do on cap or no cap, right? We just like sit here and speculate, but speculate rumors hearsay um (laughs) you know i know there's a lot of people that have sources and hear things so at the end of the day it's all hearsay yeah yeah i mean and and just jimmy like i don't think it was him like chickening out or anything like that i mean you i mean his post-game presser he was pretty you can tell he, he was upset about being injured yet again and he knows this is his last stint with the 49ers and it's his opportunity to he's basically auditioning for other teams as well you know so definitely not the way he would want to go out right yeah yeah but here's my thing and we're gonna go back to Kyle Shanahan we're gonna talk about Kyle Shanahan again the the injuries I just listed off when they happened like how they happened, um, how frequently they happened. Why was, why do we have a backup quarterback that isn't prepared to go into a game at all? Right. How was this not something that you thought about? How did you not consider that Jimmy Garoppolo could go down in the first few weeks? How were you not preparing his understudy to possibly take over that role? If 
I mean, honestly, like a good 75% of his time with the 49ers has ended in an early season injury. Yeah. It's yeah. Early like, season. I think, whoa. I think that's the point. It's like, even if you thought, okay, maybe Garoppolo will get hurt at some point this season. It's always been pretty early in the season that it's happened. Yeah. And so yeah, I don't. And I mean, I know it's like all up to chance, but I mean, that's a pattern. Really, yeah. that's a pattern. Yeah. Um, it's, again, something that I know we s- talked about, all of us talked about, fans talked about, even going into the draft, um, you know, during the offseason when they're hunting for another quarterback, everyone was like, the number one thing that Jimmy Garoppolo has against him is his his injury history and his um, he, the fact that he is so injury prone. So, again, like, why, if you and I can realize this, and realize that that's something that could happen and something that you should probably be prepared for. Why isn't the team prepared for it? Right. Not the first time we've said it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I know that uh, Shanahan has said it's not a competition, which is fine. Like fine. But like, I still would have hoped that Lance would have gotten some more reps. Yeah. Um, Chris Spiderman think that's how you say it biderman sorry he's not watching this uh <laughs> from the sacramento b he's their beat reporter and he mm-hmm. said that same exact thing today that you know why at the very least like trey lance should have been taking first team reps it should have been a quarterback competition yeah to the extent I saw, I that, that yeah yeah to the extent that we know how quarterback competitions are handled where these guys are getting equal opportunity to prove themselves. And we didn't really see that. So I don't want to say that like the team, like the, the coaching dug this hole itself, but it really seems that way. Yeah. I mean, I I think they, they try to play both sides um, and that got them to this point. So, yeah. So looking ahead to next week, the 49ers are taking on the undefeated Arizona Cardinals who defeated the LA Rams who I mean to me they're a powerhouse Cardinals defeated them 37 to 20 um this week so <laughs> tall tall order tall order for the 49ers here are you nervous yeah i I'm not going to lie to you. This is going to be a tough game, tougher than the Seahawks. I mean, honestly, the Seahawks weren't even that good of a team. It was just the fact that it was the Seahawks that was scary about it. Right. Um, And, you know, with your division rival, you always play up. So, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Which in this game on in in this game, honestly, I don't think the Seahawks did like. Right. And, well, and yeah, we true. Still lost. <laughs> yeah, we still lost, which is like the concern here, right? Um, yeah, the I think the Cardinals they're they're a better team than the Packers, the Seahawks. I mean, ev- everyone we've played, they're better than the Rams, as we saw, you know, on Sunday, yeah. and that's very concerning. The only, I don't want to say it's the only chance, but like one of the things that I think the 49ers have to really hope is that they used up all of their energy, emotional and physical on beating the Rams. Yeah. Um, Because that's a huge win. I mean, and so like this could potentially be a trap game 
right? I mean, it could be. And just to have the threat of Trey Lance, they don't have that much tape on him. I really don't think Kyle Shanahan has used Trey Lance to this point like he would in a game. Right. Like a yeah, game. we have we haven't even seen we haven't even seen like, it. That's it's mostly point. been it's mostly been running plays and like yes, I mean in the second half on Sunday he did get some chances to throw the ball, but I I feel like that's just scratching the surface of what could be done with Trey Lance. So yeah, I think that is in the 49ers' favor, and I think part of the reason – I don't actually think that Jimmy has a chance to play on Sunday. So if that was a cap or no cap question, I would have said cap because – Yeah, I was about to mention that. Like, of course, you know, you're going to say he could possibly play and make Arizona prepare for either quarterback. Right, exactly. And, like, I think also that's why, like, Shanahan is like, if he's ready, he'll be out there, like – yeah. Okay, dude. All right. Um, but no, I I think this is going to be a Trey game, and the Arizona defense is better this year. That's another thing that is scary. But they're not going to be defending the d- dink and dunk offense, right? So yeah, if they can execute, it's if they can if the Forty ers if Trey Lance is starting and the 49ers can execute, if Trey Lance can execute and do what's asked of him, they can win this game. But dear God, it's going to be a tough one to win. Um, After, you know, what we saw, we saw the 49ers lose to the Seahawks and we saw the Rams lose to the Cardinals. Back earlier in the podcast, we talked about whether or not the 49ers were the worst team in the NFC West. And we said no. We said that the Cardinals were. <laughs> and this was before the season started. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what are what are your NFC West predictions for I the mean, rest the, of the season? The 49ers, I think, at this moment are clearly the worst team in the NFC West. But it's very close between them and, and the Seahawks, I think. And the Seahawks, right. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think those comments like before the season started, they don't were... count. <laughs> they, I, mean, I think they were true at that moment. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, you have to account for injury. It was yeah. healthy. Like, yeah, that those just those two alone make a huge difference. But and we didn't know how many bonehead coaching decisions there would be so far this season. Yeah, it's it's almost like the roles have reversed, right? I mean, we haven't seen Cliff <laughs> throw away any games with some stupid decisions, right? But yeah, you know, maybe yeah, seen... maybe Kyler's calling the shots now. <laughs> He's the new Brady, <laughs> that little guy. Um, yeah, but okay, so I I'm not too worried about the defense. The fact that they were able to contain Russell Wilson, at least like in the first half, um, they were able to contain contain him in the pocket. Like, I think that should translate a bit to defending the Cardinals. But he, I, I feel like no he's, hope. yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm trying to be positive here. Like Help I want to be real. I want to be real. Yeah. Okay. My score Wait, prediction. Go ahead. You preview. <laughs> Is this like we don't because we don't disagree very often. So when we do, I'm like, yeah, go go for it. I, like, 
I just don't see it happening with what we've seen so far. Like I said, if if they execute, they have a chance, which is like no duh. But <laughs> oh god, and another 31-14. thing, the the penalty. That's your score prediction. Yeah, twenty-one fourteen. 31-14 Cardinals. <laughs> like they're gonna. I think they're just gonna uh, run all I like over. You, I like how you had to say it louder. You're like thirty-one <laughs> fourteen. Cardinals. It hurts. I did not. This was not my prediction coming into the season when we predicted the schedule. So it hurts. It hurts. I hope they win. Of course. Like I'm a fan. I think they can win. But I just don't think they're going to put the pieces together to win. Yeah, I mean, a lot you of can things disagree. happen. No, I mean, I I'm, I agree. I know that it it is a up, uphill battle. A lot of things are going to have to go right. They they have to be mistake free. Yeah, and I, I I don't know if they can do that based on everything we've seen. All the mistakes we've seen. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. I mean the the PIs alone, like yep. Yeah, if doing, they can, man. if they can clean that up, yeah, I'll give them a shot. But yeah, those well, are pretty damning. I'll tell you what, there's a world of a difference between three and two and two and three. So for the sake of the exactly. season, I hope they pull it out. It's not going to be easy if they pull this one off. Um, obviously, win of the year so far could be a turning point in the season. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Turning yeah, point. Well, I mean, that's yeah. what they need. That's what they need as a turning point. And that can happen with just one play. So we'll we'll see how Sunday goes. We got an af- early afternoon game. I have to work that morning. And then I'm going to rush home to be home in time so we can talk about it next week. Um, before we sign off, I mean, we've been here perfect about an hour. Is there anything else you wanted to say, Steph? Not much. I just want to say that the sky isn't falling right now doesn't mean that it (laughs) yet doesn't mean that it won't but hang on hang on tight you know hang on tight everyone we're in this together we shall overcome let's go niner gang Uh, all right. Thank you so much. If you wasted an hour listening to us, we appreciate you. So we sorry. appreciate you all so much. <laughs> I just botched that sentence. I'm gonna start over again. We appreciate you all so much. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at 49k pod. Um, subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is at Stragosaurus. That if you don't know what that means, I don't either. <laughs> it's Steph's alter ego. So subscribe at Stragosaurus. Um, subscribe to us. 49 carats podcast every single streaming platform you could you could ask for um and again thanks for listening and we will see you guys next week peace bye